Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, all of our social media outlets, as well as the Fan Sided Network and FinFanatic.com. Uh, fellow Paul and I are follow me on at Brian Cat NFL and Paul at Fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. So we're one week and a little bit more here removed from the NFL draft, Paul. We're going to put some finishing touches on the Dolphins 2021 draft. You know, now that we've uh, have, have a clear mind a, a week later, we're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, mostly positive. It's been overwhelmingly positive feedback here by most draft pundits, Paul, across the NFL. It really has. And it, it's, it's absolutely crazy to me. Um, Travis Wingfield tweeted out, uh, a breakdown that Dan- Daniel Jeremiah did uh, that had the Dolphins second or third in, in total overall value based on his top 150 big board. And just for fun, I actually took that list and took because it had the number of picks as well on it. And I broke it down as value per pick based on Jeremiah's big board. And Miami was clear and away the number one team. Uh, as far as the value that they got in the draft, based on based on his big board, which is which is pretty impressive. Breaking news, Dolphins fans! This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they've successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. The new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we're one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. The advanced ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible. Did I mention wireless charging? The Lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. The multifunctional on-off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel, and it gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Yeah, when you look at the players they took, I mean, Jalen Waddell was number five on, on his big board. Jalen Phillips was 21. Javon Holland, 49. Liam Eichenberg, 47. And Hunter Long, uh, 90. So, but you look at ESPN. I mean, if, for people that that like Mel Kiper and Todd McShay, I, I like them more than most. Um, Mel Kiper had Hunter Long as his forty-second player in the draft. So you take a look at at his big board. As as far as he's concerned, the Dolphins got five of the top fifty-one players with Waddle at five, Jalen Phillips at seventeen, um, Holland at fifty-six. Or excuse me, Holland at fifty, Eichenberg at fifty-one and Hunter Long at 42. So, yeah, it has been definitely revered uh, across ESPN, NFL.com, a lot of the different outlets, mostly because the Dolphins, you know, had top picks uh, and had so many picks here in the first two rounds. But, Paul, before we take a deeper dive into the Dolphins draft class here. Pat, news- I want to I jump in on that real quick, too. There was one other comment that I really liked. I guess Maurice Jones-Drew used to coach Holland. Um, when he was a kid. And he came out on NFL Network and said that he feels that Holland is actually the best defensive player in this draft, bar none, uh, which is a big claim, even if you used to coach the kid. So I'm MJD, MJD did a mock draft about two months ago and had Javon Holland going 10th overall to Dallas. Like... <laughs> That's pretty, uh, but he de- definitely thinks highly of him. MJ, MJD with his predictions tends to go off the rails a little bit. But, yeah, he thinks very highly of him. A lot of people out there think very highly of Javon Holland. Um, and, and I think that if he had played this past year and had as many interceptions as he did in 2018 and 2019, we definitely would have been talking about a first-round pick when it comes to him. So, yeah, the, but he's going to have – big shoes to fill now because it looks like he's going to be taking over at free safety for Bobby McCain, who was cut this past week. Something I, I don't think we were expecting the the dolphins cut Bobby McCain save $5.66 million against the cap. And then also turn around and sign Jason McCourty to a one-year deal. So your thoughts, Paul? Well, I, I had tweeted out shortly after the draft that I expected the dolphins to make a, flurry of moves starting this week and over the next few weeks based on the roster they have the fact that they do have some tradable players that I don't think are going to make the roster but when I said that I expected Bobby to be here for at least another year I mean it's very rare that you start with the captain of your defense Um, but it's you know their secondary is overloaded still uh, given the fact that they you know have Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Javon Holland, uh, Brandon Jones. Uh, now they've signed Jason McCourty. Like, I mean, it, it. you start running down this list, Eric Rowe, like, they're, they have a packed, packed secondary, and I think Fedulum may be the next to go, even though I barely count him as a member of the secondary. Right, yeah. It's I didn't expect McCain... I expected him to be here for another year too, um, but I looked at at McCain and Eric Rowe with the money that they're making, and then thinking, are Brandon Jones and Javon Holland really going to be third and fourth safeties? Given that you know, 
given the investment the Dolphins put into him. I mean, Brandon Jones had a really good rookie year, was, what, 81st overall uh, as a pick last year. Javon Holland was 36th this year in the second round. That, those are high investments for pure safeties. So it doesn't shock me, but I really wish they hadn't cut McCain because the way I look at it, he is a good free safety and got moved there last year out of necessity. I didn't agree with it, but he had a really good year. Uh, he's a good free safety in an even better nickel back. I would pay $5.6 million for that. That's yeah, yeah that's I, what I, it comes down to for me. I, I thought he was going to end up going back to the nickel position. Um, in, in all honesty, if either Brandon or, or Javon Holland was ready to start right away. Um, but the Jason McCourty signing did make it uh, no longer make sense. And then the other thing, too, and this is something Antoine Staley had, had, had mentioned the other day, is they said they were going to release McCain, but I don't believe they've officially done so yet, which means they're hoping somebody comes in with an offer of anything for him so that they can they can trade him instead of actually releasing him. Because you remember like when they released KVN, they announced it on a, a Wednesday, but they didn't actually release him until like the following Monday. Right, right. And we'll see if anything happens there. Typically it doesn't. Um, you know, if somebody comes in with a seventh-round pick, then you know, or an offer of a you know, sixth or seventh-round pick, I think the Dolphins absolutely take it. I mean, I think we saw that a couple months ago with Isaiah Ford where, you know, Dolphins announced they were going to release him, and then the Patriots come in with a with an offer of, and and now the Dolphins are going to have the Patriots sixth round pick next year, uh, as a result of that Isaiah Ford trade. So, yeah, we'll we'll see about that. They the Dolphins signed Jason McCourty, and my first reaction was really, you know, thirty four years old, cornerback slash safety. But I, I don't mind it if we judge it independent from the Bobby McCain deal because. This is a one-year contract. I, we don't have the official terms on that right now, but more than likely, this is going to be a one-year. Hey, show up to training camp. You know, we'll give you a signing bonus of uh, I don't know, two hundred and fifty grand. And if for nothing else, he gets into camp, works with these younger defensive backs like Noah Igbenogany and Brandon Jones and Javon Holland, shows them, you know, really how to work, and. Maybe I, it would be a good sign, actually, if he did not make the roster. It would have shown that a lot of these younger players, these younger defensive backs, stepped up. Absolutely. It, it's, I mean, I don't love or hate the McCourty signing. It, it, it makes some sense. Um, and, and really, you know, like you said, he, he, he's a leader that can come in and show these guys, these young guys, a little bit of, of how and what Flores wants from a defense. And if anything gets sticky with the Xavier Howard uh, contract, there um, as of right now, we don't expect it, but he did hire a new agent. Typically, when you do that and you hire David Cantor, you're doing it because you want another contract. Uh, maybe it gives him a little bit of flexibility at defensive back from there. So, yeah, it's it's fine uh, to, to go with Jason McCourty. We'll see how that pans out. So we're now, Paul, a week away from the NFL draft or a week removed from the NFL draft, I should say. And, you know, there were in the second round, I think we were a little bit frustrated at the time. I've come around a little bit on that. You know, they, they take Javon Holland at 36, then they trade up from 50 to 42, give up a third rounder next year to draft offensive tackle Liam Eikenberg. So, you know, 
one week removed from the draft, what are what are a few things that that you're thinking now you've got a week to to sleep on it? I actually love this draft. We're a lot stronger team and it's the offensive line is definitely improved both as far as you know from left to right um and depth the my my worry is still at center um you're banking a lot right now on either somebody who hasn't managed to crack the starting lineup truly uh and michael dieter or a guy that last we knew forgot how to snap the football in in Matt Skura, who Skura before forgetting how to snap the football was an All Pro center, and it, it's was he? He was pretty close. I mean, he he was in line for a very big payday at center. Um, before yeah, he, he he was the arrow was pointing up for him before yeah. last year. I don't think he ever made a Pro Bowl or was an All Pro, but no, but I mean, he's All Pro quality center. I mean, you look at what he did the year before, and you know before his injury, and and he was going to be getting a Corey Lindsley type contract. I mean, it just, you know, but regardless, it, it's, you know, that's the one hole I still see on this team potentially. Uh, I'm curious to see if they start teaching Jesse Davis to snap the football again like they started to last offseason. Uh, I like this line a lot better with Jesse Davis snapping the football at this point than Matt Skura because I, I don't trust Skura. Uh, but yeah. it, it's outside of that. The secondary, ridiculously deep. The linebacking core is improved. Um, the defensive line is insane. Um, pass rush. I'm good, as long as Jalen Phillips can keep from getting another concussion, we're in, we're in good shape. The receiver room is so ridiculous. Like it, it's almost a meme in and of itself. With you know, I think seven tight end slash fullbacks and. 14, 15 wide receivers right now, and there's some really quality dudes in that room. So it's running back. I like Dokes, and I think he's the perfect complement to Gaskin. Yeah, I uh, I look a week later here, and I agree with the with the draft pundits here that the Dolphins had one of the best drafts, and I a lot of that had to do with the picks that they had coming in. Um, but I, I like overall. I like who they took. You know, I when you when you take a look kind of at the positives, it, the Dolphins have shown here that at running back and at center they have no respect for the position, and that's fine. Like I, I don't think that's a bad thing because you look if you want to take two of the most lowest thought of positions in the NFL, it's running back and it's center. You, and if you want to see the proof of that, see what they get paid out there in free agency. Other than Corey Lindsley. Nobody got really paid anything. David Andrews, what, had got five years, $20 million as the number two center. The Dolphins signed Matt Skura one year, $1.5 million or whatever it was. At running back, I mean, besides Aaron Jones, nobody got paid. So I I wish Javante Williams still had been the pick at 36. I wish he had fallen a, a, a spot further, but I get it. And what I like about what the Dolphins have done really the last two years, they've drafted quarterback, left tackle, cornerback, uh, defensive end, and wide receiver. To me, those are the top five impact positions in the NFL. And those are the five most thought of and 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 uh, high, highest paid out there in the free agent market too. So I think that makes a lot of sense there. So 
they they draft high impact players at high impact positions. That's what they did with Waddle, the most explosive player in the draft at the wide receiver spot, and did just in terms of speed. And as far as I'm concerned, far and away defensive end one in Jalen Phillips, who, by the way, the word was the Colts were going to take a 21 had he fallen over Quiddy Pay and or and also the Broncos were trying to trade back up into the first round to get Jalen Phillips. And they were going to trade up a long way to get him. So I, I'm, I love the Phillips pick very. I think that's a phenomenal risk versus reward scenario. And I think the rest of the NFL agreed. Yeah, and 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 to to piggyback off of that, uh, Javon Holland and just the absolute multitude of uses you can have for him in the secondary uh, it, it is a great selection to be that Bobby McCain replacement potentially. Uh, and, and in addition to that, we we both shook our heads when they moved up to get Liam Eikenberg, but I think he had gone. 1,231 snaps with like literally single digits as far as pressures are concerned and I believe there wasn't a sack in that last 1,231 snaps um, which is insane and he plays with attitude Uh, and you know he went up against the best of the draft for the last three years at Notre Dame as far as pass rushers go like and shut them down uh, which, you know, it, it's at the end of the day, like I know we talked a lot about arm measurements for players, and I know Eichenberg has short arms for the position, but there are times where the football ability outweighs the measurables, and Eichenberg is, if, if you take the shorter arms out of the equation, he has it in spades. And He's not the only offensive tackle with short arms this year. I mean, Penny Sewell, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, some of these guys that went in the first round are definitely short arm guys. And he, well, where where I you know, if I can jump in there too, yeah. what what I what I'd say though too is, you know, Sewell had shorter arms than we thought. Uh, they're mm-hmm. still over. You know, they were thirty three and a fourth. Eichenberg was thirty two and a half. And people, some people may say, well, who cares? But then somebody has to explain to me why does every offensive tackle that's good in the NFL have 33-inch arms or more? Why have players who have come into the NFL like Forrest Lamp, who has, he has had injury problems but also has short arms and moved inside to guard, why is that the case? Um, but I agree with you on Eichenberg's production. You know, I and to, looking at a quote here from C.K. Parrott, uh, too, he went up against Aziz Ojolari and Malik Herring from Georgia, Josh Uche and Quiddy Pay from Michigan, Chris Rumpf, and uh, their other fifth round pick there. I'm not going to pronounce his last name from uh, from Duke. Janarius Robinson and J- Josh Kando from Florida State, Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones from Pittsburgh. So he was battle tested over the last two years and didn't allow a sack. That's a, I think, a, a great thing. And I think the backup thing with Eichenberg, too, is that say he is not, say that he doesn't work out at the right tackle spot. I have very little doubt that this guy's going to be able to move inside and be a good guard. He reminds me a lot of of, uh, Justin Pugh, who the Giants took in the first round of the 2013 draft, who did have short arms, did play some tackle, but eventually got kicked inside to guard. Yeah. And so, Kat, real quick, I want to go to something from our chat. 
because um, I know we talked about Skura. And KDOT asked, you know, what Skura did for us to not trust him and if he messed up that bad. What was what was it, four or five snaps he either sailed or skipped or, or what have you in, a, in such a ridiculously what, one or two game span and went from being a guy that was going to get Lindsley money to a guy that basically was almost going to go out of the league potentially um, in a span of like two weeks. That's how bad it was. Um, I don't know if you want to add to that. Right. He had two really, really bad games uh, at center this past year and just to go back yeah to to 2019 he was getting better and better and better uh as a pro and he was i don't know about lindsley money but not far off i mean he he, you know we were talking about you know it it, he was you know supposed to at the time was one of the most highly thought of centers in the game and then uh then in 2020 uh or excuse me at the end of 2019 tears his acl and then in the 2020 season, he doesn't have a good year and has two just absolute monstrosities of a game snapping the football to the point where he had to be taken out of the lineup um, and moved to guard. So he forgot how to snap the ball. So people could say, well, if we take away all of 2020, you know, he's still a really good player, but He's 29, forgot to snap the ball last year, and looked terrible when he was on the field. I mean, my hope is that between he and Dieter, the position is not one that's going to harm drives for the Dolphins, and I'm not quite sure that it won't. Yeah, it's center may be an overlooked position, but there is no position in the NFL that can really truly ruin your offense more right from the rip than the center position. It's the shortest path to the quarterback if you can't block. Uh, if you can't snap the ball, it doesn't. I mean, if you've got linemen that can hold people for three seconds, and your quarterback's got to spend the first two looking for the ball, uh, there's a very good chance he's going to get sacked. Uh, it can ruin your handoff timing if he's got to chase snaps or, you know, really try his butt off to handle snaps. Now his timing with his receivers is all screwed up, and oh yeah, your center calls a lot of the protections up there. And if he if his if his if he gets in his head, and his timing's even slightly off, guess what? Let's look at an increase in offsides penalties, and an increase in holding penalties because your quarterback's chasing the damn ball around. On the other side, if Skura cleans up what was wrong last year, you've got a bargain at one year, one and a half million dollars. So that's that's the other side of it, and that's you know it. But I go back to why didn't you just resign Ted Karras and where you've got a you know middle of the pack center and you're not taking any risk and you don't even have to worry about center in the draft and we're not even having this conversation you know so that that's that's where I've got a couple of problems there but looking back at the Dolphins draft as far as just the positives um what I, what I like is that again they swung for the fences with Waddle and Jalen Phillips in the first two rounds and I think both of those players can completely change the way the Dolphins play football on offense and on defense. Waddle is a natural separator. And one thing too that uh I think it was Greg Cosell that said that that we maybe didn't touch on enough is Waddle is so fast before the ball is even in the air. And that changes so many things with how NFL secondaries are, are going to play the Dolphins wide receivers. So you you have Fuller and Waddle who can separate. You've got Kasicki and Parker who are the contested catch guys. That's a great combo there. And you could spread the field. And I think that's the way the Dolphins have to do it. Um, 
defensively, one thing the Dolphins didn't have last year with Shaq Lawson is, yeah, they had somebody who could, you know, really take the left tackle and push him back, but they didn't have somebody they could really get to the quarterback. Now they have the option to go blitz crazy like they did last year or just to rush with their front four um, with Waddle and Ogbutt off the edge. They do, and and on top of that as well, uh, you mean with uh, Phillips and Ogba. Um, what did I say? You said Waddle, and, and oh, trust yeah. me, I, I think Waddle could get to the quarterback faster than anybody. But yes, F- Phillips, <laughs> Phillips and Ogba. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, it's uh, but I mean Phillips just has such a ridiculous motor. Um, it, it's he he was a steal at eighteen if he can stay healthy. Um, one thing I want to go back to as well though is is one of the guys we skipped over there is I love the Hunter Long pick more and more and more. He, he's a smart player. He's he's a better receiving tight end than anybody this side of Mike Gesicki in this offense. And if you look back at last season, the number of catches that went to Shaheen, Smythe, uh, you know, and, and everybody else we trotted out at that second wide receiver position, or second tight end position, Miami used their second tight end a tremendous amount, and now they've got somebody that not only is going to be a far better receiver than anybody they trotted out there at that second tight end spot going out into those patterns is almost the forgotten dude. He can have a chance to do well enough to take some of the pressure off Gasicki. And if those two are doing what they should in the middle of the field and you've got Parker, Waddle, and Fuller out there, taking the top off the defense and, and, and running crossers, etc. they're going to be open a lot more. And you add to that, and I love that Flo actually said this because it's something we've said on the show. If you've got tight ends occupying safeties and linebackers, etc., and you've got these speed guys that can take the top off of defense and, and are forcing folks to, to come after them, if you want to play the run, you're going to have Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Parker in one-on-one scenarios. If you want to play those tight ends, Guess what? You can run the ball, and you've got those guys still in one-on-one scenarios. And if you want to really over-account for them, Hunter Long and Mike Gesicki are both devastating in the seam. So they're going to force defenses to pick their poison. And I love, love, love that. And Hunter Long's like a completionary piece for that. Uh, I was irate when they took Hunter Long at 81. I I just didn't get it. uh, Aaron Rodgers when the Packers take a corner. (laughs) Yeah. This is better than that, and we'll we'll get to we'll get to that too because we're going to talk about our the the other drafts we liked and disliked too. But I, I like it more than I did on draft day. I'd say um, I, I still I still wouldn't have gone tight end at that spot, and the reason being is I think Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen are more than capable pieces for what the Dolphins want to do. Um, Durham, now Gasicki and Smythe are free agents at the end of the year. But my thought is, okay, go sign a Levine uh, uh, Tololo, go sign a, I don't, an OJ Howard, if you know, if if that's the case. I, I don't think you're in. I don't think there needs to be a succession plan for your second tight end. Um, if if this is a talk about free agency here. Now, if they if if going back to what you said there, Paul, Smythe and Shaheen played a lot of snaps last year, and if they were unsatisfied with what they got, more unsatisfied than we thought then the pick makes a little bit more sense because Hunter Long, uh, not a lot of holes in his game. I mean, he had I, he led all tight ends last year in, in catches in college football, 57 catches, I believe. 
and you know he's 6'5", 250. He has great hands. He's a well-rounded kind of old-school type of tight end. Now, he doesn't have a lot of experience blocking in line, but physically I think he absolutely can do it. So I think they got a good football player here. But in all honesty, too, at the beginning of day two, for all the mock drafters out there, um, at the beginning of day two, if I had mocked that the Dolphins got Javon Holland, Liam Eichenberg, and Hunter Long and gave up a third-round pick next year, you probably would have said, eh, a little bit underwhelming, if, if, if we're being honest. Yeah, but look, looking back on it after the fact, seeing how all the pieces fit together, um, I, I was probably higher on Hunter Long, um, mainly because I do view him as an upgrade um, at the second tight end spot. And he, you take Hunter Long and you put him on 24, 25 teams in the NFL, and he's your number one tight end. And it, it's that's what I think of this kid. I mean, is he going to be your number one tight end over Kelsey or Waller? No. Like, and a handful of others, at least not yet. Um, It's, so, yeah, he's your number two tight end, but you really have two number one tight ends. And you look at what the Patriots did when they drafted Gronk all those years ago now, um, and Hernandez, and, you know, before all, you know, the murder stuff. It, it's all the murder stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's you look at what they were able to do with those two on the field together. Uh, and hold on, let me let me stop there before anyone get look. That is, we're not we're not joke. It's it's just just the way that Paul said it. So I don't want I don't want to get any messages here of oh, well, how dare you say I'm um, no 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 no. Go ahead and tweet I, at me. I don't care. Just the way Paul said it. Go, go at ahead. fanatic pick pick on Twitter, go for it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but uh, let me let me let's stop there. Hold. Yeah, there after you get you get past Kittle, um, Travis Kelsey uh, and Waller, there is a, a it's hard to separate the fourth tight end from the twenty fifth tight end in the, in the NFL. I mean, I mean Pitts will probably be just default be the fourth best tight end mm-hmm. uh, if not the first. Um, but yeah, I, I he looks the part, and I I don't see why he couldn't be another Hayden Hurst type of tight end guy who can block in line, guy who can split out wide. Yeah, I, I get it. I just I his catchphrase though. That's the thing. I, well, that's another thing I love with him. He's got deceptive speed. He's not gonna go out and you know start running a hundred meter hundred meter dash and track, but he's got deceptive speed, and his catch radius is insane which isn't something you say a lot for a tight end and when you've got somebody who you know even ryan fitzpatrick has come out and said the thing he loves about two is his elite accuracy and then you've got a tight end with tremendous catch radius um you know it's and he's your second tight end so he's not even drawing the lion's share of the coverage and you've got the receivers on the outside you know hunter long's going to be sneakily open because he runs some really good routes and you watch his, his BC tape and you know as as the guy he was still getting tremendously open now imagine when he's going up against your your worst coverage linebacker or you know your your okay coverage safety uh you know like he finds the holes in the zone so with that catch radius with two his elite accuracy he's gonna have a blankie at, at the very worst, 
we got Tua a blankie out there, which which will be great oh, for that's development. Com- oh, that's comforting. It, it is a, blankie a nice, cozy, comforting blankie that I, I, can run I, after. I think pack. I think you've you've just provided a very romantic version of a. Okay, oh, there's going to be candles and biscuits and wine. Hey, 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 hey! If he if if nobody's covering him, he's really good. Uh, now, actually, at Boston College, uh, he, yeah, he was he was the focal sure, point. He's good at making sure nobody's covering him. He was the focal point at at, at Boston mm-hmm. College. But overall, now when you look at it, is um, at, at tight end they've got Kasicki, Hunter Long, Smythe, Adam Shaheen. Who knows? They they could trade off. I mean, I, I think another team would be smart to throw a sixth or seventh round pick at the Dolphins for for Smythe right now. Um, same or Shaheen. Thing for, or, or Shaheen. I agree. I agree. And then at wide and then at wide receiver, I mean, you, you're going to have Parker. Uh, Waddle, Fuller, and then you still got the Lynn Bowden and Jakeem Grants and, and everything. So now Tua has the supporting cast at wide receiver and tight end to spread the field and do what he does best. And one thing that I I, I hated on these these shows and these podcasts this week is this quote: "No more excuses for Tua." Like what? Like, it, do we have to remind people that a year ago today that people didn't even think he was, I mean, it was questionable about whether or not he was even going to get on the field in 2020. So he was still learning how to walk again. I mean, it's like he was, I I think he was barely off crutches. Like, give me a break. Like, come on. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. And so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do a show here too about um, uh, uh, an upcoming show as well about the other draft classes that, that we did like here um, and, and didn't like um, looking at some undrafted free agents, Paul, uh, that the Dolphins say not as many as previous years. Uh, you know, we, I remember we did a whole show on this, I think maybe two shows a couple of years ago in 2019, you know, that's, that's where, you know, Preston Williams came from and Shaq Calhoun and a lot of other players there too. So, you know, they signed guard Robert Jones from Middle Tennessee State, fullback Carl Tucker from Alabama, defensive tackle Jerome Johnson from Indiana, and cornerback uh, Jalen Askew from um, forgetting the name. Was it Vanderbilt? Uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Thank you. Thank you. I, I had the colors right, but yeah. So Robert Jones is somebody that I expected to get drafted here. I, I thought he he played really well in the Shrine Bowl. He was the right tackle there for uh, middle Tennessee state, good strength, good balance, not a lot of flexibility. It kind of sounds like a dolphins guard, you know, where they, they don't, they don't sign a lot of times uh, or go after, you know, the big time athletes. They just want somebody who can block the person in front of them. That sounds like Robert Jones. I I think he has a good shot to make the roster. I even think he has a better chance maybe than Larnell Coleman, the Dolphins seventh round pick. He does, and, and and Miami really made sure that they got him by doing an unprecedented thing that you only see teams do when you know they're they're begging somebody to sign with them, and that's they guaranteed his full hundred and thirty thousand uh, UD, UDFA salary, I think it was. So, which is a lot to do, especially with limited cap room right now. Um, I I actually really the ones that made me curious, Jaitlin Askew, I think could end up being the Fedulum punter. Uh, the one that kicks Fedulum off the team. He, he's really, really good on special teams. And then Jones is an interesting... Oh, not Jones, I'm sorry. Um, 
the fullback there. Yeah, uh, Carl Tucker. Carl Tucker. Carl Tucker was a very interesting one. Um, you know, after going to North Carolina, he went to the Crimson Tide. He he can be a receiving threat out of the backfield at that fullback spot. And all signs with the Seathan Carter signing, with grabbing Carl Tucker as an undrafted free agent, um, with you know having a couple of tight ends that can play kind of that H back fullback type role. And, you know, you look at, they tried with um, the names escaping me right now to get him on the roster and held him way longer than anybody expected for somebody that barely could crack it. I I think Miami's going to be moving to some at least some packages that, that require that true fullback role. And it wouldn't shock me to occasionally see Jared Dokes up in front of Miles Gaskin. Uh, or your power package potentially be Carl Tucker with Jared Dokes behind him. Um, it, it's it's Miami can do some interesting, fun things with the personnel that they've got on this 90-man roster, and I'm intrigued to see it. And then Johnson, don't underrate him. It's, it's I mean, Hal Habib had an article about him, or a, a little quick write-up on him. He was named Indiana's most outstanding lineman the past two seasons. Uh, he gets pressure upfield from the defensive tackle spot. He was second team All Pro, I believe, or All Big Ten um, in 2020. And you know, he's a three technique, and he just keeps going and pushing towards the play, and and, and really tends to get a little bit off balance at times, but. At the end of the day, that's something that they can work on with him, and he might be a guy that that can come in at least on pass rush downs from that interior and give you some pressure. Yeah, I as a pro prospect, uh, Jerome Johnson, you know, looks like I think he'll challenge maybe Benito Jones for a, a roster spot here, or maybe Jason Strobridge. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think he's he's a good run stopper. He, he from what I saw, I watched a couple of games on him. Good run stopper, good strength, but 6'2", 295. Uh, and so that might cause a problem for him. I don't see a lot of pass rush potential in the NFL, but in college he had 13 and a half sacks over four years. Pretty good production for a four-year starter. So, yeah, I think the battle you're going to look for is Jerome Johnson against Benito Jones. Probably advantage Jones. I think he was a better prospect and has a year in the Dolphins system. Jaitlin Askew. I wasn't too impressed with what I saw, but he's an undrafted free agent. You know, 5'9", 180 pounds, small and plays smaller. That's that's how I looked at him, and not all that fast, 4'5", 40. So, I don't know. The, the, some of these undersized defensive backs like Nick Needham and Montre Hardage have, have gotten on the roster and, and surprised a little bit, so maybe he does that too. Yeah, so, Carl Tucker goes to Alabama from UNC and doesn't catch a pass, doesn't really do anything but block. But did get on the field a lot for them, and I'm sorry, Paul. Were you going to say there? Yeah. So, Cap, I, I just I, sorry. I thought you were you were done with the the undrafted. I was going to just say I, I have a massive favor now that we're closing out this Dolphins draft to to ask of you, mm-hmm. and, and Rachel, if you're listening, please help me out with this. Cat, make this the year you don't buy a free agent or drafted player's jersey. I beg of you, no shirt with their picture on it, no nothing with their, don't don't even like write their name and marker on the back of a t-shirt. Like please, 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 not, <laughs> not even a t-shirt. Um, no, I you don't have to worry about that. That those 
those days are over of, of getting active players. I, after I got Minka Fitzpatrick and he was then traded uh, three weeks later, now I'm, 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 I'm out. Cause he was the one player who was like, there's no way he's going to get traded. Uh, it, there's it's just not going to happen. And then like the next day you started hearing rumblings. So the curse is real there. There's no doubt about that. Um, you even got Minka's mom involved, man. Like, <laughs> uh man so I, I will i will end on the I'll end on this here with the dolphins draft here i will plant my flag one last time and say this i would have taken i wish the dolphins would have taken penny soul at six over jalen waddle and then come back at 49 and you still have rondale moore on the board i would rather have penny soul and rondale moore over um jalen waddle and liam eichenberg um that's that and and the third round pick too. So, but I get it. I, I really do. And I think that these four players that Dolphins got, I think they will start. And I think they're a perfect fit for what they're looking to do. And when you factor in that, they still got a first round pick in 2023 and a fourth round pick here next year, you know, overall, I'm going to say the Dolphins, when you, when you factor it all in, I agree with the, a lot of the draft pundits. I think when you all encompassing the Dolphins had, you can make the case that the best draft in the NFL. Yeah, and, and for me, I, I would absolutely agree with that. And I think you hit the nail on the head when they said, um, or when you said that they found the guys that are going to do the things that they want to do. And at the end of the day, one of the things I really like about this draft class is from what I've seen, from what I've heard, and just a little bit of gut feeling, they did something else that, Flores has said is tremendously important to him. Greer has said is tremendously important to him. Not only did they get smart leaders, they took guys that love football. And that can't be underrated. When you're having fun out there, you're going to you're going to pull something up for when when push comes to shove. You're going to play a little bit better. And you're going to have fun, and that fun starts to get infectious amongst players. And that's something that Flores and Greer have put a premium on, and and they got it in spades. Guys that, if, if you're enjoying it, you can find that extra gear when you need it. Um, whereas if you're just out there collecting a paycheck, at some point you're a little more likely to just say, ah, screw it. Yes, I look at the second and third round picks of the Dolphins, you know, going back to what I said before, if, you know, I had put out a mock draft um, at the beginning of the day saying we got Javon Holland, Liam Eichenberg and Hunter Long and gave up a third rounder, you'd probably be pretty underwhelmed uh, if, if we're being honest with ourselves here. But what I have to remind myself, too, is that last year when the Dolphins took Robert Hunt, Raquan Davis and Brandon Jones in the second and third round, really in the same areas, I was kind of, eh, you know, because we get caught up in the upside of everything uh, with these draft prospects. But, you know, Robert Hunt was a great pick now, at least after the first year. Raekwon Davis certainly was. And Brandon Jones, very, very promising uh, as that third safety. So th that that's encouraging for me that the Dolphins took in Holland, Eichenberg, and Long, kind of the same football players that fit the culture, that fit the team, and were productive, most importantly, in college. Yeah, and, and God, it, it's the football IQ. It can't be underrated. Um, it, it, it's these guys have motors, they're smart football players, and they understand what's going on around them 
not just what they're supposed to do. And if you can get a whole lot of guys like that, it's those moments that are questionable. Um, You know, they're going to be out there and and have that idea what's going on, and you're going to see some sneaky good things out of it. And I, you know, yeah, if you want to talk about being underwhelmed, like, it's, there was some confusion at times with this draft, but sitting back and looking at it objectively, you end up really enjoying what, what happened. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And some people uh, uh, mentioned in the chat, too, about my Sewell comment. And uh, Dolphins Maniacs that, uh, let's see, picking a player doesn't mean that the same guys will be there later. Well, in this case it does. I mean, if you took Sewell at six Phillips at 18, you could still take Holland at 36 and Rondale Moore would have been there yeah. uh, at, at 50. Uh, so yeah, that, but look again, again, if I'm, I'm pleased with the Dolphins draft, I give it an A or an A minus, And I think it's one of the best in the league. Uh, no, I'm excited about what they did here. Were there a few things I would have done a little bit differently or wanted them to do a little differently? Sure. But not many. So I expected them to take Waddle. I mocked him. We did two mock drafts on here. I had him taking Jalen Waddle. And so I'm, I'm certainly not surprised by it. And he certainly fits. So Cat, Paul, anything really, else jump out? Yeah. Real quick. Jat hammer just put out there and thank you, Jat. Adore you, dude. Um, he he wants to know if you buy a Josh Allen jersey, if it will have the same effect. And I don't know; it might be worth the test. He'll I mean, he'll, will, he'll win MVP um, if if I were to do that. So all, now, all those fumbles that went out of bounds may may come back inbounds. <laughs> like there there is there, like Josh Allen improved tremendously. And I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time on this soapbox. We'll we'll have plenty of time this offseason to talk about it. I remember I was talking to Travis Wingfield about this a little bit. There was nobody out there that threw more, should have been intercepted balls, had more fumbles that happened to tumble out of bounds instead of inbounds. Like, he is still prime and rife for turnovers. And you watch the way he carries the ball when he goes sprinting down the field like a deer. He's got it out there like this. Like this. And that's... There there is that propensity for mistakes to suddenly turn into a snowball. Um, and, and yes, he's a tremendous I, I talent. He's a tremendous. Could not talent. disagree more. Could not disagree more. Uh, Josh Allen is an MVP candidate. He is. Uh, as long as those fumbles keep going out of bounds. Yeah. Well, if he, if they do, he'll fumble once a game and still throw for 400 yards. That's it. Well, you sucks. have to fumble if you keep turn or throw it if you keep turning it over. It 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 sucks that Josh Allen uh, is as great as he is. I I didn't think it would happen, but. Yes, and that's that's where the and that's where the Dolphins need to get to with Tua at right, the quarterback we'll, we'll, spot. We'll get to that debate later. But like, uh, well, <laughs> so overall, great draft for the Dolphins. Great draft season, um, with with Paul and, but you know, I I really really enjoy this draft season with you, Paul here, and the rest of the crew here at Chat. Um, thanks for sticking with us here every week. Thanks for everything that you all do out there. Uh, it, We've appreciated the conversation and and absolutely look forward to this every week. So that's going to do it here for our breakdown of the Dolphins draft class, as well as a few other things going on with them. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, finfanatic.com and the Finsided Network. Fansided Networks, excuse me. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Finsided. 
Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 